Good morning, St. James. Um, my name is Reverend Steve, one of the vicars at the church. Um, before we start uh, looking at the Bible, looking at what God's saying to us this week, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for, for this time and for this space. Thank you for the gift of your word to us. And we ask that you fill each one of us now with your Holy Spirit, that you would speak through your word into our hearts and lead us closer to you, deeper into your love. Amen. So I'm going to start off just by reading uh, our two passages. Uh, so the first one is from Matthew chapter 11 and it's verses 10 to 20. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you realise you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Jesus replied, Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. Then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Don't you understand yet? Jesus asked. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, Theft, lying and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. And then our Romans reading. I think I said that the Matthew reading was Matthew 11, where it's Matthew 15. My apologies, I've just read Matthew 15. I'm about to read Romans 11, uh, verses 1 and 2 and then 29 to the end. So Paul, writing to the Christians in Rome, wrote this. I asked then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people, whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you realise what the scriptures say about this? Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel. Verse 29. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God. When the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience, so he could have mercy on everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to so uh, I've just recorded um, a, a talk for Kids Church uh, and it involved thinking through what is clean, what is unclean. Uh, it involved mud and twigs and snails and chocolate cake. Um, there you go. If you're a family, ask your child to show you what's in Kids Corner on our website. But it is, it's worth thinking, as we look at the table, what 
would you see today as unclean? Now, I'll give you an example. Um, I was out. Um, I have to think about the day. I was out on Friday um, going with Ali to uh, a meeting that she had in Uxbridge. Uh, so that took us on the Piccadilly line. Um, my first trip on the tube and I don't know how long and so we had masks because uh, those from on high have said to us if you're going on public transport you must wear a face mask so we were we were wearing face masks and it was interesting the way it felt when you saw someone walk on the platform who wasn't wearing a face mask and it was interesting to notice the way other people looked at them as they walked along uh, without their masks and, and it, it's probably fair to say there was a lot of judgment going on um, one person without a mask was talking very very loudly on their mobile phone so we could hear an awful lot uh, about their life and their business um, and it was very hard to, not to say oh yeah well that, that figures that that's the sort of person they are and that's why they're not wearing a mask it was very there was very clearly two camps you're either a mask wearer or a mask not wearer. Um, now, I, I know that some people aren't able to wear masks for a variety of reasons. Um, I also know that the special lanyards that were brought out for people to wear, um, if medically they can't wear a face mask, sold out uh, as people without a relevant medical condition realised that wearing one of these lanyards excused you from wearing a face mask. Uh, and they didn't fancy doing that. So, um, and it, I mean, it's awful, isn't it? The fact that there are people who have medical conditions who can't wear a mask and can't get hold of the lanyard that shows they, they can't wear a mask because other people have gone, oh, great, wear one of these, don't wear a mask. Yay! Um, I only bring it up because there was a sense of judgment and condemnation that you don't normally see um, in the UK quite quite so regularly and quite so vehemently. I think the face mask is all new to us. COVID is very alive and it's very it feels very real. Um, and so the reaction against those who don't wear face masks was very, very clear to see. Now in Jesus in the reading we've had where Jesus is speaking to people, you know we always when we look at a verse we look back at what just come before and um, at the beginning of uh, Luke 15, no, Luke 15, sorry, I've not got the verses written down in front of me, Matthew chapter 15, uh, I do apologise, Matthew 15 starts off, at that time some Pharisees and scribes came from Jerusalem to Jesus, they had a question for him. Why, they said to your disciples, go against the tradition of the elders. They don't wash their hands when they eat their food. So that is our context. That is what has just happened before Jesus gives uh, the speech and the teaching that he does. He has been questioned about the, the cleanliness and the purity of his disciples. Uh, the implication being his disciples are following his teaching. So if they are not doing things correctly that is a direct reflection on their rabbi their teacher jesus that he is not teaching them properly 
uh, and the Pharisees and the scribes think they've got Jesus. This is proof that he's not a proper rabbi, he's not a proper teacher, because the teachings of the elders, the law, um, states that you should wash your hands appropriately uh, before you eat. Disciples don't. QED, it's all sorted. They're, this is all rubbish. Jesus just go away. Uh, I mean, Jesus responds with a question for them that's about how they have changed the law uh, to suit themselves. So he points out that um, they had brought in a new regulation that said that although the Bible says, honour your father and mother, um, if someone chose to, to give the money they would use to support their elderly parents to the temple instead, they could call it korban, they could give it this technical term, and the temple would take it, and their parents would not have it. Um, it does make me wonder what what happens um, in a family to make the children say, I'm giving the money to the church, um, so you don't have anything. I mean, obviously, and this is a world without state pension, without NHS. Um, and the temple's complicit in it. If people would give their money to the temple, then they were exonerated from uh, the, the command from God to honour, to care for your mother and father. So she says, so, you know, if we're talking about changing the law, not teaching the law properly, look at yourselves and then come back and talk to me. So in this context, um, Jesus speaks to all the crowd and says, Listen, what goes into your mouth does not defile you. You're defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Now, obviously, for the Jews, purity was very important. Uh, only those who were pure could worship, could offer sacrifices. Um, and it was about how you remained God's people, how you remained um, faithful to the covenant God set up with Moses, uh, previously with Abraham. And Jesus is saying, purity isn't a question of what you eat. It's a question of what you say, what you live out, what you do. And um, bless the disciples come to Jesus and they go, Jesus, Jesus, did you realise you've really upset the Pharisees? They're really offended by what you just said. And Jesus goes, and... They are blind guides leading blind people. What's, they're no good to anyone. It's not, I'm not bothered about offending them. And then I, I love verse 15 because it gives me hope as a slightly harder thinking disciple of Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Well, Jesus, I mean, he says, don't you understand yet? But, he, he, I mean, just, you, you could be so much harsher on Peter, couldn't you? It's like, Peter, what do you think it means, the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat? Do you think it means people aren't defiled by what they eat? Maybe. Um, I'm blessed. This is Peter who, in the book of Acts, uh, we know receives a vision uh, it's, the story is told three times in the book of Acts. It's really important. 
uh, this blanket is brought down from heaven covered with all kinds of sea fish and lizards and meat that is not kosher, that is not allowable. Uh, and the voice comes from heaven, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Because never, I have never eaten anything that was unclean. And the voice says, do not call anything unclean that God has made clean. Now, the fact that Peter needs that vision uh, before Cornelius comes to his house in Acts shows that, that he doesn't understand this. He doesn't get it. But then why would you? It's one of the things you just take for granted. You take as read. You're Jewish, so therefore you don't eat pork. You don't eat prawns. You, you don't eat these things because that is who you are. That's your identity. And I mean, Jesus is really, really blunt. It's like anything you eat, it goes into your mouth, it goes through your stomach, and then it goes out and it goes in the sewer. And it's gone. It's done. How can that make you unclean? Because the things that make you unclean are the things that are in your heart the things that come out of your mouth, the things that you say to other people. Or you could say uh, the looks that were directed at those who were not wearing face masks at Alberton train station uh, on Friday afternoon. It's There is something in our hearts which is, um, which is so very human and fallen. And it's however much we do our best, Actually, what comes out of us is sinful. Now, we know that Peter will understand this better in times to come, but uh, this is in the context of the Jewish people having uh, rules far beyond the, the Ten Commandments and even the, the, the laws in Jude, the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus. They've added to them to try and make sure that people don't break the law. They're trying to make it make a, a fence around the law so that uh, if you keep all of those laws, you've definitely kept God's law. So you, you kind of, you're standing a distance away from God's law without breaking it. And it's just become, well, a series of things that allow you to look down on other people. So we know Jesus' parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector, where the Pharisee stands in the temple and prays, oh, God, thank you. I am not like that, uh, say, tax collector. It's a, a publican, isn't it? Thank you that I'm not like that publican. Uh, thank you that I tithe. Thank you that I keep your laws. Uh, thank you that you have made me a wonderful Jewish person. And next to him, uh, the publican sees himself as a sinner and just beats his chest and can't even raise his eyes up as he prays and says, have mercy on me. And of the two of them, Jesus says, well, which one's justified? Obviously, it's the one that says, Lord, have mercy. But that wasn't the culture. That wasn't people expected. If you did the right things, if you looked right, if you ate right, if you washed right, that's what made you clean. And Jesus, all the way through, is trying to say, no, no, it's about your heart. It's about your, is your heart right with God? And that is what comes out of your mouth. That's what drives what you say. That drives um, what you do, how you live, whether you're generous to other people, whether you condemn other people. That comes from your heart. 
Now, holding on to that, Romans, uh, Paul is writing to a church where they're struggling with the distinctions between Jewish Christians, who are, they're Jewish, or even though they follow, follow Jesus, they're still keeping the Jewish laws and Jewish food laws and eating kosher, uh, as Peter was. Uh, and you've got Gentile Christians who come to faith and they believe that uh, you know, the law is passed, they're saved by grace, and the food laws aren't relevant to them. Circumcision isn't relevant to them because they're saved by their faith in Jesus. And so Paul is writing to them, trying to explain both to Jews and Gentiles alike how what it means to have faith in the Messiah, Jesus. And he's dealing with a similar thing to Jesus because, again, it's about labels. It's about ways of distinction between us and them, me and you. So like on the platform in Albert, people go, ah, they're not wearing a face mask. I am wearing a face mask. I am good. I am clean. I am pure. I am uh, being a good citizen. They are not. Um, the church in Rome was struggling with people kind of going, I am Jewish. I'm part of God's chosen people. I'm a descendant of Abraham and I follow the Messiah, Jesus Christ. With others going, well, the Jews have rejected Jesus. They crucified him. I am a Gentile and I am free from the law. And so I am not bound as you Jewish Christians are with food laws and with um, celebrations in the calendar like the Passover and others. I am free from that because I have faith just in Jesus. And both groups were struggling to worship together because they had so many differences and so many things that meant that one group could look down on the other and one group could think they were better than the other. And so Paul has been writing in Romans as we've been looking at over the last few weeks saying um, it's not about being a descendant of Abraham. And last week it was that awful cry from Paul saying, I could wish that I were cut off from God, that my people would know him. Just so desperate that the Jews would see Jesus as the, um, as the climax of their historic faith. And so you could read that and say, so God you know, has rejected the Jews. Yea, the Gentile group. Uh, and Paul is conscious he's writing to a group which has Jews and Gentiles together. And so today say, so has God rejected his own people? Has God given up on Israel? No! <laughs> if you're not Jewish, you don't get to look down on the Jews. They don't get to look down on you, but you don't get to look down on them. How can God reject his own people? And he, he quotes uh, Elijah uh, from the book of 1 Kings, where Elijah says, God, it's just me. It's just me. The Ahab and Jezebel, they are out to kill me. Everyone's turned their back on you. What, what do I do? And at that point, God said to Elijah, it's not just you. There are still this many who've not bowed the knee to Baal. They might not be at your side. They might not be fighting with your Mount Carmel. But there is a remnant in Israel who still are true to me in their hearts. You're not on your own. Uh, and Paul goes on to say God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. 
So, you know, it started off with uh, Israel were God's chosen people to show the rest of the world what it means to live in relationship with God. Um, but now, obviously, the people of Israel have rebelled against God. We saw that, uh, what happened in the exile, and we see the arguments they have with God himself. Jesus walking amongst them, they're going, oh, you're not washing your hands right. To a large extent, the Jews missed Jesus. They missed what God was doing in the incarnation at that time. Um, and Paul says, yes. And that opens the door for the Gentiles. While they are being rebellious, then it is, um, it's open for those outside of the Jewish faith to recognise that God is for everyone. God is the creator of all mankind and his mercy is for everyone. But he's not thrown away the Jewish people. His, his hope, his ambition, his desire is for them also to recognise that um, he has sent Jesus to be the ultimate sacrifice, dealing with sin and bringing all people back into relationship with himself. And when, the, when anyone accepts that there is rejoicing in heaven, be they Jew or Gentile, and you have this theme which is throughout Romans uh, from verse 32. God's imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. We tr we, we, we've got a new setup. It's no longer about what family you're born into. It's no longer about being a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin as Paul was. It's about having faith in Jesus. And if you have faith in Jesus, then you are a new creation. You are clean inside. You are in right relationship with your Father in heaven. And at that point, surely our response is joy. Our response is just such gratitude for God's mercy and graciousness towards us. And recognising that, well, if we are saved, if he's been merciful to us, then surely he's been merciful to everyone else. And anyone else who wants to accept him, that is there for them and they can accept that. And so Paul is saying, that stop with the labels. Stop with the, the things, the surface things that let you say they're good, they're not, they're good, they're not. Um, just That's not how God works. You are his people. His people was once a people group. Now it is all people who call on his name. It's been opened up. It's been widened. And that's a thing of beauty, uh, without which I could not call myself a follower of Jesus. Uh, I'm very grateful it's been opened up uh, beyond uh, the Jewish nation. So where do we go with this? What do we do? Well, I think what we do is we take a look at ourselves and we take some time to think about how we judge ourselves, how we judge other people. Is it by biblical knowledge? Is it by how much people do in church and for church? Is it by um, how much you give? Is it by the way you dress? Um, there's, I mean, as a Christian, you know, I've gone my life, it's been about 
whether you speak in tongues or not. It's been about um, oh all kinds of things. It's been about whether you lifted your hands up in worship or whether you didn't. And obviously I've been on both sides. I've listened to sermons where there's been a complaint about how long a song goes on that because the person who was speaking is, was hymns only. We want hymns and biblical truth. Uh, and, you know, a, a song where certain phrases repeated over and over again cannot be of God. People who are doing that are sinning uh, and just rolling around in their own uh, self-justification. I've known it was a long time ago. It was a very, <laughs> uh, a very vivid sermon, but a long time ago. So people judge each other by the sort of worship. They judge each other by the things we focus on, whether we're involved in food banks or homeless projects or not. Um, we judge each other by the musical instruments we use. What's worse is we judge ourselves. We judge ourselves as being not good enough, not worth enough. Now, it may be, there's two sides you can fall on. You can fall on the side where you judge yourself and you discount yourself saying, uh, I am not good enough, I do not know enough. Uh, God can't really need me or use me. Heavens, possibly God can't love me because of the things I've done wrong or because I'm just no use to him. Or you can fall in the camp where you think you're fine. And yet you judge others and say, how can they call themselves Christians? How can they do that and feel that's okay? Why, why can't they just uh, do this, this and this and then everything would be fine? Why can't, they, why can't they be different? Why can't they be more like us? More like me? It's very easy for us to fall either side with that, to judge ourselves or to judge others. But either one of those is to miss God's mercy, God's love and God's grace for us, which is just beyond our understanding. Our faith is based on God sending his son because he loved us. And Jesus taking on human form, living a perfect life, and allowing himself to be tortured and killed as the ultimate sacrifice for the things that keep people from uh, relationship with God. All done of Jesus' own free will for us. And what's required of us? That we place our faith in him. That we say, yes, please, God. Please forgive me. Please uh, let me come close to you. That's it. Now, I don't know when you made that decision, I don't know when that happened for you, or even if you have actually made a decision saying, Jesus, forgive me, I want to be your follower. But actually, we need to stay in that place of receiving grace, receiving forgiveness, receiving peace from God. It's not we become Christian and then we're meant to live perfect lives. We go on receiving grace. We go on receiving forgiveness. Because God is making us new. But he's not clicking his fingers. He's not making us perfect in a heartbeat. He's, in, he's working on us. 
He's involving us in our own salvation, that day by day we become more like Jesus. That's his grace. But the human nature in us always wants to make it about what we eat, what we say, what we wear, <laughs> whatever else. It's not, it's just about receiving grace. The grace that selected Israel, a tiny nation from the middle of nowhere. And grace that reaches out to the least of us. And says, you are made in the image of God. And he wants to be in right relationship with you. So this morning, literally, have a think. Are you judging yourself? Are you judging other people? Whichever one it is, take some time and just sit with God. Let him bring to mind those things that you're thinking about yourself, about other people, that aren't what he thinks. And say sorry. Say sorry and leave them with him. Receive his forgiveness, receive his peace. And enjoy being in right relationship with our fantastic, loving, heavenly father. So that out of your heart will come joy and peace, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. As we receive God's love, we are able to share it with others. So I'm going to stop rambling on and I'm going to pray and uh, I'd invite you to pray with me. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the way that your grace and mercy is for us and it's for all people. Lord, would you show us in your mercy where we hold on to wrong ideas about ourselves and we judge and condemn ourselves or where we are judging other people and condemning other people in our hearts for the way they act, for the way that they are living. Lord, forgive us. Whichever one of those is us, Lord, forgive us for thoughts that are not from you. And would you replace those thoughts with right thoughts, with truth, that we are made in your image as all people are made in your image, that we are loved by you, chosen by you, called by you to go and minister your grace, your truth, your love to others. Fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit afresh, we pray. And lead us into the work you have for us this week. To see your kingdom come and your will be done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Um, I trust you've enjoyed some of the warm weather and the relief now it's cooler uh, and I just say please stay safe uh, and God bless see you next week